What is up and a happy weekend to everyone out there in the podcast universe as we get ready for the divisional round of the NFL playoffs this weekend. So we took time of the podcast this week to discuss a little bit about what we think is going to happen this coming weekend with all the wonderful games going on. And then we spilled over a little bit into the turmoil of the coaching carousel, the results of Black Monday, and where we're at today. And yes, my Cincinnati Bengals still have yet to find a head coach as of uh, this, this recording. That being said, probably the most interesting thing that we came across was we had a disagreement about one of the games, a side bet was made, and ultimately what's going to happen is someone's going to do something really stupid uh, probably toward the end of the month, so we'll see what happens with one of the games this weekend. Stick around for the show and find out what I'm talking about. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Hey everybody, don't forget to follow along and like us on your favorite social media platforms. If you're a Facebook fan, just search for We Don't Know Sports, the podcast. If Twitter's more your thing, you can find our handle at We Don't Sports. You can go old school and drop us a line through our email box. The address there is We Don't Know Sports at Yahoo.com. This podcast is hosted by the company SoundCloud and is available on Google Play and iTunes, Apple Podcasts everywhere. Please be sure to subscribe to get notifications whenever new episodes are available. All right, well, it's definitely an exciting time. You know, I'm here with uh, Canadian Biggie and Mr. Brown, and we have the divisional round of the NFL playoffs coming up. And our picks last week, you know, I, I feel like I definitely won the week because we all got Seattle wrong, and the Cowboys found a way to win. But I believe that I got my pick right with the Bears and the Eagles game. So that makes me a better picker than you guys. But you have a chance to redeem yourself, which you won't. We're going to continue down the same path of, of me consistently delivering better picks than you. But, you know, we're just going to get right into it. And, you know, I want to hear a little bit more of, of what we think regarding the, the Vegas odds, too. Now that gambling is kind of more acceptable, you know, feel free to throw that in. We'll start with the Colts and Chiefs. So, obviously, on the road in Kansas City, that's Saturday at 430. And the Chiefs are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Biggie, what you got? I think the Colts are going to roll in there and continue the trend of Andy Reid not being so hot in the playoffs with the Chiefs. Colts are hot. They're not going to care. It's on the road. They've been playing playoff football for two months. I got the Colts winning straight up. Andrew Luck, next bird. I think that uh, Chiefs defense has been their Achilles heel for most of the season. And it'll continue to be here. And the Colts are going to be just good enough defensively. Turnover here or there. I think that the uh, Colts will win that game, something like a, a 34-28 type game. I didn't uh, think you would be going the Colts route. Uh, the Chiefs, you know, it's the, one of the hardest places to play in the NFL for the home game. You know, a lot of places uh, in the NFL. But the Colts, you know, they're making me a believer. That's all I can say is I think that the Colts will also continue in and continue their streak and win 11 of 12 games, win on the road, beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs haven't been the same team since Hunt went out. I think the Colts are going to be the winner. I was just going to have one rebuttal. Kansas City does have an insane home crowd. That stadium will get really loud. But when is the last time they won a home playoff game? Through different quarterbacks, different coaches. They well, don't you, take it. You look, you look that up. You look up your home crowd advantage. Why I tell you the brilliance that is mine, which honestly, I'm just going to kind of roll along with you guys on this one. I think the Colts are going to win too. I'm going to say 28, 24. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a, a high scoring game is what some people think it is because the Colts have shown the ability to do what the chiefs haven't been able to do lately. And that's control the ground game. And they will absolutely do that. We saw what – I mean, look, Houston's a good defense. We saw what Marlon Mack did last week. But more importantly, as athletic as Mahomes is, don't forget how athletic Andrew Luck is. People forget that he ran a 4-4-40 at the combine. He, he, can, he can move when he has to. But the thing is, he really doesn't have to. They've had the best offensive line all year. They've protected the quarterback. And if they continue to keep him upright, there's no way that they're going to be able to stop that offense. He'll sit back there and pick them apart, and they'll just, they'll deliver with the run game, and they will do everything they need to come out of Arrowhead with that that victory. And I'm telling you right now, I think if, if we had a chance to take our collective money, our slush fund that we use on gambling and other vices, 
I would throw it all in this game uh, if there wasn't another game I feel confident about. But this is the the second most confident game I'm going to have today because I think the Colts are that strong as a as a as a team, and they're definitely going to knock off the Chiefs. And they're the sixth seed, right? Uh, no, they they uh, won their division. No, they did. Yeah, yeah, they won their division. So they they're no, the, the Texans did. The Texans the Colts did. are the sixth seed. Oh, that's right. Well, damn. Well, it's not the first time a six seeds won. I'm just shocked that all three of us picked them. I mean, but I think it's what's going to happen. It's it's not the matchup the Chiefs wanted. True. They haven't won a home playoff game since Joe Montana won it. So <laughs> it's not as though we're going against a mountain of evidence. You know, it's not as though they are in the playoffs each year at home and dominate, but they struggle on the road. They haven't won at home in 25 years. I expect more of the same. That sounds like the Bills Mafia almost. <laughs> Get your dildos out. <laughs> we're not in Buffalo. It's Kansas City. They don't do that there. Oh. They, they just eat barbecue. My bad. They bones at you. Yeah. All right. Second game Saturday, the night game, the nightcap. You got everybody's lovable Dallas Cowboys right now because – all of a sudden, their fans have doubled in size, and I, I see them everywhere. Uh, going on the road uh, against the Rams, the line Rams are a clean seven-point touchdown favorite. Seven at home, off the bye week. I don't know how many guys in the league have gotten hired just because they're buddies with Sean McVay, so I'll go with the Rams to cover. I think that uh, that week off helped them – Get back, back right offensively. Todd Gurley get back to being fully healthy because he's the guy that makes that offense go. And uh, on the road, the Dallas defense is stout. But somewhere along the lines, in a close game in the second half, Dak will make a really bad play. Turnover. Rams will get the ball. They'll put it away. I would say with that Dallas defense being as good as it is, the Rams aren't going to run up a ton of points. But I feel like it. A 27-16 type Rams victory. I, I agree with you. I'm also going to pick the Rams. I feel like they uh, they kind of limped into the playoffs. I think this bye week's going to do them well. You know, golf's been a little bit off. Gurley's been a little bit hobbled. Uh, I feel like that they will uh, pretty much pounce the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are just content being there because they won their uh, first playoff game. I'm predicting about a 37-21 score. No, I said 37-21. to 37-21. Well, I know this much. 12 times this year, the Rams have been favored by a touchdown. Six of those times, they actually did it, and they covered. Uh, this is not going to be one of those times. Uh, however, the Rams are going to win. They are a better team than the Cowboys. But I think the Cowboys' defense slows them down a little bit. They've shown their ability to slow down high-powered offenses. I think they key on Gurley. They keep the game ugly. But Dallas doesn't have enough firepower to take advantage of it, too. I, I think the final, I, I'm going to say 24-19. to 19. It's going to be a weird score, I know. But I, I'm still taking the Rams to uh, pull it out, just not cover. And for whatever reason, as much as I hate to say this, the more and more – I think about this game, I feel like Dallas might have a shot. I will say this with the defense trot out there and Zeke Elliott, if they didn't have Dak Prescott at quarterback, they'd have a chance. Dak. In this game with Dak, they don't have a chance. If you think they do, that's wishful thinking. No, I'm not no, look, you're you're completely taking a dump all over Dak Prescott. And I'm not trying to say he's an elite quarterback, but I hate it when guys win like that and then you just have this this complete blindness to the situation where you want to talk about him how he's a third. He just beat Russell Wilson, who everybody would say is a much better quarterback in a head-to-head matchup. I don't think the Rams' defense is nearly as good as we all thought it would be at the beginning of the year. They've kind of shown that to be the case. And if there's any time you need a mobile quarterback, it's going to be against that front four they have. I don't think Dak is going to be the type of guy that's going to lose the game for you in this situation. I think he's just going to be the kind of guy that doesn't have enough to get you over the hump. But to sit there and say he's the reason why they, they're not going to win, I, I don't think you can sit there and say that just because he had another quarterback in, there's probably 
15 other starting quarterbacks in the NFL that you could say that would, wouldn't win if they were in that game. Dak is a dog shit quarterback. You can try and prop him up, but quit because you're wasting everybody's time. That's just a bad take. Why <laughs> The Rams are going to cover the spread. It's, there's nothing to talk about, Chad. I, I just don't understand. Is it because he's on Dallas that you hate him so much? I hate Dallas as much as everybody else, but I, I think he's a, a I think he's a decent quarterback. I don't think he's great. I think he's a hard worker. He seems like a good team leader, and it fits the formula for what they want to do. If they want to line up and run the ball and pound the ball with Zeke, I think Prescott fits really well inside of what they're trying to do there. I mean, I mean, I think that uh, it's not really about Prescott for me. I think it's about that the Rams had a bye week to, to get uh, healed up a little bit, and I think they're going to come out first playoff game, and I think they're going to make an example out of Dallas. That's just my two cents. Well, I think that's that's probably going to be the biggest key because they were banged up the past, what, four or five weeks it seems like? I think they're going to come out strong. They got to leave back on that defense too. I think he can be a difference maker for them. Just, just throwing this out there, Biggie, since you're you're so passionate about this, and then we'll move on. I'll be satisfied. Do you have any idea what Dak Prescott's QB rating is this year? I don't care what it is. No, no, no. Don't don't bring your weak ass argument in here where you just want to hate on somebody. You have nothing of any philosophical talents and all side in any area of your brain to come back and tell me why you feel the way you feel other than you just got butt hurt because he's a Cowboy quarterback. I could care less that he's a Cowboy quarterback. He's good in front of the podium. I watch the games. I'm not worried about the numbers. What I think is the throw that he makes that hits Rasul Douglas like in the hands and then it bounces to Amari Cooper and he scores a touchdown. Those are the throws. That is what I think of when I think of Dak late in the game in pressure situations. He's a great teammate. He's good with his legs. Until he makes those throws consistently, I'm not going to elevate him up there with a guy who's going to lead a championship caliber team. Even though Russell Wilson was able to do that in his rookie year, you, you look at Dak Prescott in in this span, this this junction of his career being not that good as as rookie Russell Wilson. Rookie Russell Wilson lost in the divisional round of the playoffs to the Falcons because he couldn't clock manage. Second year, then second year they won the Super Bowl, right? So you're telling me that you think from watching Dak play that he is Russell Wilson esque? I think he has, if he continues to improve, I think he has the potential to be a Russell Wilson type quarterback. And this is where he leaves his mark. <laughs> uh, how long have you been sitting on that one? <laughs> It just came to me. <laughs> I picked. I picked the Rams to win. I mean, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm just. I'm just telling you. You're. You're full of hate. You always tell me when I bitch you about New England. I'm just a blind hater. Well, you are. I mean, this is a lot of time being spent on a, a 3-0 picking here. So we're all picking the Rams. Let's move on. All right. Thank you, Mr. Brown, for being the voice of reason. Thank you. All right, so Chargers at your beloved New England Patriots. That's a Sunday game. Patriots are a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Hey, before he goes, i got to step in. I know what he's going to say. He's going to do, like, the humble approach and pick the Chargers. But deep down, he really don't think that. So whatever he says is bullshit. So let me be the voice of reason first. The Chargers are going to destroy the uh, Patriots in Foxborough. They're going to win. Uh, I'm going to say 31 to uh, 17 um, because the Patriots, like always, don't want to establish a run game. Um, so and Tom Brady's going to show his age. But he's going to say that he thinks the Chargers are going to win, but he really don't believe it. So I'll let him speak now. Well, why say something I don't believe in? Coming into the week and into the season, I've been riding the Chargers. But I'll tell you what, the same thing that's affected them in the last couple of years, their inability to stay healthy at key positions. Melvin Gordon's going to play, but he's not going to be himself. So they're going to roll into New England. Did we lose you? Here's what he's doing, though. He's thinking reverse psychology. Um, That's I what he always Char does. He always is like that. I think the Chargers are going to yeah. win just like my fantasy team. I think I'm going to lose, but then I always win. <laughs> Woe is me. That's what he always does. He's one of those people that believes that the way he approaches it 
is ultimately going to determine if the, these teams that he follows win or lose. That's 100% accurate. Only with the Mountaineers. No, uh, it, it, it bleeds absolutely. over. It bleeds over, and it's very, very, very clear. And, and the thing is, like, what you have to realize is no matter how much you tell yourself that these are the feelings that you want to feel, it does not change what is inside your heart. So, therefore, the karma that you're trying to create – is fake. It's never going to happen because of the root of all evil is still you saying that they're going to destroy the Chargers and they're going to go to the Super Bowl again and they're going to get revenge because they got screwed last year by the Philly miracle. It's time that they write the ship. So anything else you say, none of us agree or believe. How about that? All right. Try to try to try to sell it to us, Biggs. Let's hear. Well, your I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Compassion. Oh, all year long, I've been riding the Chargers. Like I said, if they could stay healthy, if they could stay healthy. And I really wanted to roll with the Chargers coming into this weekend. New England's done. Brady's old. Belichick don't know what he's doing anymore. Chargers are the hot team. Philip Rivers has got 12 kids. Love his intensity. Love his passion. Melvin Gordon's coming in. He's going to play, but he's not going to be completely healthy. And everybody's down on New England. Like they've been down on New England before. And that's when Belichick rallies the troops. And we come out and play New England Patriots football. It's going to be cold, might snow. Either way, it's not going to be that nice sunny temperature that it is out there in L.A. It's going to be cold. And that three-headed monster running back, which screws you in fantasy football, is going to come out running hard. Gronk ain't going to catch a pass, but he's going to be an all-pro left tackle, a tight end. Run, 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 run. We're going to keep him off the field. New England's going to roll. It ain't even going to be close. 38-17. Oh, almost identical what I picked in opposite order. <laughs> I love it. It's not even close. I can't go out and pick against them. That'd just be dumb. I'm laying money on this game. I might as well go ahead and say I got them covering the spread. I'm going to bet them in the second half, too. Whatever they're up at halftime. Brady's going to come out and remind you why he's on the Mount Rushmore quarterbacks. Wow. Well, I'm glad you at least only put him on the Mount Rushmore, realizing that he doesn't get his own singular monument. No, <clears throat> he's got a statue, like an entire complex next to one Gillette place. And he's got too many rings to know what to do with them. He can barely lift his hand up when he puts them all on. Did you we'll say, just... did you say they're going to build a complex or a Tomplex? Yeah. Uh, probably both. They need him to play for another six years because they don't have a quarterback behind him. I mean, as much as it pains me to say it because I hate the guy, he pretty much has a monument at this point, you know, even if he quit right now. I hate it. I hate to say it because it really, like, makes me stroke out, but it's the truth. <laughs> Just imagine if they would have never won that first Super Bowl, would this even be a thing? Probably not. He probably would have already phased out. You know? I don't think he would have. Would he be where he is now? Definitely not. But such a grinder and a hard worker, always willing to play for less money. And... <laughs> That organization with Belichick being cheap, he would have had more opportunities on a competitive team to make his mark. I mean, but the, think about it though: what would like compel a young running or a young quarterback to like get started in their career more so than the old like NFL film stories and then the frozen uh, uh, whatever uh, the, Foxborough. The, the the tuck the, roll has been invented and the legend is born. <laughs> out of control uh, this time of year every year i like to sit down and watch that game because i have it recorded everywhere what's that <laughs> sorry ass music he was he was film. trying to do the nfl <laughs> film song all i gotta do is say the autumn wind is a raider <laughs> if, if that's not going to jumpstart a career, I don't know what will. Uh, well, what will jumpstart is Adam Vinatieri kicking footballs forty-five yards in that snow somehow. That's goat. what amazes me about the that. Goat. I have no problem with Adam Vinatieri because he's still doing it today with the coats. So he didn't, I like me some Vinatieri. He didn't blow his I, leg out like uh, Seabass did either. Well, he's not two hundred eighty pounds. No, he, he, still, he still looks like a kicker. He's still hitting the gym every now and then. Yeah, yeah. I'd say he's about 190. 
back back to the picks after that uh, complete disaster of NFL films impersonations. I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. You got-, you, you got me inspired. I want to go listen to the music now and hear, uh, God, what was the guy's name? I, I know the guy that, it was Steve Sable and all that stuff, but the guy's voice, I can't the remember. Thunder of Lambeau Field. Yeah, what do you call that in Foxborough? Foxborough. Everybody up in that area is mass holes. The frozen game where Woodson destroyed Brady's ass in Foxborough. <laughs> As time here you go. As time winded down in the fourth quarter, Charles Woodson came off the edge with an unprecedented blitz. Tom Brady, the rookie quarterback sensation for the New England Patriots. In the sixth round. Repositioned the football right before he fired it, only to have the ball knocked to the frozen turf below by Charles Woodson. You know, we need, we need, we need like, um, uh, what was the guy that used to do the uh, radio shows all the time that was, uh, he just passed away not too long ago. Paul Harvey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Harvey. We need Paul Harvey's that voice. voice. That's the rest of the story. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So after after all that, I'm taking the Chargers to cover. They're gonna they're gonna win 31 to 20, and um, this is this is going to be how Philip Rivers writes a little bit of his uh, legacy here and tries to you know get over the hump and finally get one over on Tom Brady, a man he's never beaten. But Tom Brady is you know. Not the Tom Brady of old. He's breaking down. Gronk's running around like a piano's on his back. It's just, uh, it's not going to happen. But, uh, you know, I think the running backs might do okay. You might be right on that point, but then the game's going to get out of hand because they're not going to be able to stop that elite offense that is the Chargers. Hey, and how fun will it be to watch, uh, you know, Rivers and Luck go at it in an empty stadium? I mean, they'll probably play that one in uh, London or Mexico City. (laughs) They need to. I mean, can you imagine a like a, a, a AFC championship game with like nothing in the background, no background noise? <laughs> they'll be like they'll be like kids at soccer practice, like over on the side. It's LA, so they'll come late and leave early. That's all you know about that. The last game of the divisional round before we get to our wonderful conference championship games next week. We have the Saints and the Eagles, and the Saints are a nine-point favorite. I got the Saints rolling at home. I think some of uh, what we talked about with the Rams game earlier, offense faltered a little bit at the end of the year, that bye week. Love it for the Saints. Sean Payton a couple days ago rolled into their locker room with 250 grand and the Lombardi that they had and said, you want this? Win me three effing games. Every guy on that team is going to go out there. It's going to be like Bounty Gate all over again on defense. They're going to decapitate freaking Nick Foles. He ain't going to stand a chance. They're going to be down to wherever place behind him. They're going to roll. The Saints are going to cover the spread twice that. It's going to be 38-10. All right, two questions real quick, and then I'll get to Mr. Brown. Say decapitate again. Decapitate? All right, I was just Decapitate. I think you got your, your syllables were backwards earlier. I know. I was running out of breath. I had to walk. <laughs> All right. My other thing was, I, I don't remember. I don't have my notepad with me. Was your pick for the Super Bowl, you had Saints and Chargers? I did originally, yes. Okay. And who, and who do you have winning that? Chargers. You got the Chargers winning. Okay. All right. So, But you're fired up. Saints are going to get that. So you feel you like them. You like them in this game over the Eagles. Got you. Mr. Brown. I also obviously like the Saints. They're going to cover the spread. I think they're going to uh, win the game 42-24. I think if you look at the tail of the tape, you got Mr. Foles and Mr. Breeze, and it's, it's not going to be close, and uh, your boy's magic will run out. Breeze is going to show him what a real quarterback is all about. That's all she wrote. That's it. I don't think that this game is competitive at any point past the first couple of possessions for the Saints. I think the only difference is that Chicago didn't have an – they're not like a sure thing offense, you know. And Saints, there's no way the Eagles can compete with the Saints. I mean, the Bears hang around, so that's that. But 
I know Nick Foles keeps smiling away, but, you know, it's not happening. It's not happening. So just get over it, Chad. Well, I mean, yeah, I had the Saints. I have the Saints pick to win it all, you know, so I understand that the Nick Foles magic runs out and that stuff happens. Uh, and the Saints, Drew Brees and his legacy, not just one Super Bowl, two, and he's probably going to get MVP this year. And, I, and you know, there's you can't pass up the opportunity to have a Phillip Rivers and a Drew Brees uh, Super Bowl. That, I had the same pick as Biggie. Yeah, so that that being said, I don't care about that pick anymore. You guys are full of crap. The Nick Foles stuff is real. It's real, damn it. And it's going to happen, and he's going to win. He's going to go down to the Superdome, the hardest place you can play in the playoffs in the NFL. They're almost unbeatable down there. Almost unbeatable down there because Nick Foles and his posse of ragtag wide receivers and young undersized running backs are going to roll down into the Big Easy, and they are going to shock the world, and they are going to beat the Saints 31-30, to and they're going to ride off into the sunset, and then you guys are going to be looking at the NFC Championship game going, holy crap, he's been right all along, and then you're going to buy in, and you're going to believe, and you're going to see what Nick Foles can do. He has undone the cancerous tumor that Jeff Fisher has done to his playing ability. He has gotten past all that. He's gotten past you mocking his appearance, looking like Napoleon Dynamite. You can't find anybody in Hollywood to write a better story than what Nick Foles writes for you week in and week out about no one ever believing in him, no one ever giving him the credit he deserves, the ultimate underdog, the paragon of virtue for every kid that never could break through the guy that was ahead of him in the position. He is going to do it. Carson Wentz will retire. Nick Foles will be mayor of Philadelphia. And The Rock will be the president of the United States of America, 31 to 30, Eagles win. <laughs> Holy Pedro. Oh. You're just a little confident in that pick for the fact that the Saints with Breeze and Peyton have never lost a home playoff game. If you smell it out. It's a little unethical for me to even pick them, and I'm telling you why, is because I honestly had the Saints picked from the get-go to win the Super Bowl. But the thing that has changed was I didn't, I wasn't sure. I didn't really think the Eagles were going to get into the playoffs because the Nick Foles magic, it was too little, too late. You know, he didn't have enough time. Carson Wentz was playing hurt. They should have shut him down earlier. If that would have happened, my confidence level would have been at a different point. But you can't, you can't deny the result. You see what happens. They, they, they just win. They just find a way to win. I, I think Mr. Brown said it on, on a show one time that, uh, you know, I, I don't think he's that good, but some for some reason the Eagles just play better when he's in the game. I know. I can't explain that either. But you're right. That's what happens. And it's going to happen, and it's going to keep happening until they get rid of Carson Wentz. Once they get rid of Carson Wentz and then he's the sole starter, it's all going to fall apart, and he's just going to be a decent quarterback, nothing great. He's not been a terrible quarterback. How he threw seven touchdowns in a game one time. What's the most Drew Brees ever threw in a game? I'm going to say six. Yeah, so Nick Foles is better than Drew Brees, at least on this day, and he will be. All right, so do you want to put your money where your mouth is? I, I, I'm – I'm so confident. There's nothing nothing you can say to me that's going to deter this from happening. I uh, if you want to give me some money for being right again like I was last week, uh, let's let's compare here. Your Super Bowl pick just lost to the madness of the Philly Magic I keep telling you about. Well, this ain't about money at this point, okay? I got something bigger in my mind, okay? You understand, Chad. I'm a witness and this is recorded, so are you really that hard on for Nick Foles? Well, when you say it like that, no, but do I think they are going to win a football game? Yes. I got a little proposal, okay? Are you listening, Lamar? Uh, all right, let, let me hear this brilliance you're about to utter. Well, I mean, you know, it, it, it factors in a few things. Obviously, if the Eagles win, right? Right. Well, they will, not if, but they will. I'm taking the Saints, you're taking the Eagles, okay? All right. Here's what's going to happen. Here, here's what I say. If the Saints win, you've got to do this polar plunge, okay? All right. If the Eagles win, I will do the plunge. And either way, the one that wins is recording it for everyone to see live. 
right, you got a deal. I, I will I will go buy a nice recording device to make sure I capture you freezing your balls off. I'm ready. I was expecting you to say you were going to go buy a nice speedo because you know that Nick Foles is going down. Oh, man, I don't have to go buy something when I already have them. There you go. Oh. So break out that speedo, uh, the mark, and uh, let's get ready, baby. Uh, I'll let you borrow my banana hammock so uh, you can uh, be in rare form on what is it, February second? Is that the plunge? February the second. So right there in the middle of winter in West Virginia, we got to jump into some ice freezing water, you know. And on a positive note, it's a uh, it's a benefit for the Special Olympics. So you know, at least somebody wins, regardless. Um, I will look forward to uh, coming on the next show and just be able to tell you I told you so. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. But th- this guy ain't jumping in no cold water. It ain't happening. All right, uh, you boys, make sure you record that and uh, do some crunches between now and then. Uh, I think uh, I- I'm still not buying into the New Year's resolution. I'll be in rare form regardless. I feel like he's like a shower cap kind of guy, so that's what I expect to see. Yeah, that's pretty pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. A little muffin top. Yeah. He'll literally be jumping in the shower cap. Like the mole of old. <laughs> <laughs> so to recap, we uh, went to the uh, the first game. We all picked the Colts, right? Everybody picked the Colts to cover. So, yes, sir. So Chiefs are out. Then we went to uh, – we all picked the Rams to beat the Cowboys, right? Yep. All right. I just picked the Rams not to cover. Uh, then we uh, went. Then we went to the uh, Chargers and Patriots. Mister Brown and I were of sound mind, and we picked the Chargers to cover in a victory. Uh, Biggie went with his homerism and finally accepted who he is and uh, decided to be a, a mass hole and pick the uh, Patriots to win. And uh, be who you are. You you are. I'm glad he accepted it and just try to. Uh, he is who we thought he was. Uh, and then uh, the Saints and the Eagles, uh, you guys picked the Saints to win in easy fashion. I picked the Eagles to win outright, not just to beat the spread, but to knock the Saints out of the playoffs to do the the same thing they just keep doing, and that's that's winning these games. No one gives them a chance to win. So, uh, And if that doesn't happen for some reason, unless Nick Foles gets knocked out of the game in the first half, I, I am going to do a polar plunge, but whenever – the the Saints go down. Mr. Brown is is going to be jumping into the ice cold water on February 2nd. We'll be sure to broadcast that for everyone to see and enjoy. Uh, all I'm trying to say is it's the end of the NFL season and we had Black Monday and I still hear you talking, but I'm going to over talk you anyway because it's the coaching cycle we get to go through, all the retreads, the rehashes, and all that good stuff. So we got some things that have happened. We got some hires out there and some people that I need to stay fired and not come around. Cincinnati still has yet to find their coach. I've accepted that Josh McDaniels is not coming, and now we're left with nothing. So as far as the coaching hires that have happened this week, what stood out to you? Uh, the one that stood out the most to me is Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona because there's just been this kind of constant cycle with him since he got fired by Texas Tech where is he going to take an NFL job? No, he decides to accept a position at USC, but kind of halfway in, lukewarm about it. They won't let him interview with NFL teams wanting to talk to him, so he basically quits his job knowing that he has the Cardinals job lined up and Arizona had Steve Wilkes for one year, fired him to hire a guy who in the Cardinals press release made sure to put a paragraph in there on how Cliff Kingsbury knows Sean McVay 35 and 40 at Texas tech. He's now a head coach because he has ties to Sean McVay. I agree with you. That's the biggest one for me. For whatever reason, Arizona was just determined to bring this guy in. Losing record in college, like you said, 35 and 40. I think it's more of the uh, everyone's so like obsessed with the McVeigh uh, format that everyone's trying to duplicate it. He's a young guy. You know, he, he don't have much coaching experience. I think he's, what, in his late 30s. 
and uh, they're trying to recapture some of that magic, you know, there in Arizona. Now, I will say that he's had prolific offenses, you know, wherever he went. We'll see what the defense does. He's coached at Houston. He's coached at A&M. He's, now he's the head – he's had Texas Tech, and now he's the head coach at Arizona. He's had uh, – I think what he's notable for is his quarterbacks. You know, he's had Mahomes and, what, Johnny Football and there's a few others that's, like, brought his name out there. Case Keenum, Baker Mayfield. So he's got Mayfield, Mahomes, and Manziel. And so looks like he can develop a quarterback, at least at the collegiate level. So I think they're kind of intrigued. I think it's either going to be a home run or they're going to strike out big time with this one. So is he the quarterback whisperer? Is that what this is all about? Nothing more, nothing less? It feels like the Cardinals wanted an offensive coordinator. And they hired him as their head coach. Because wasn't that what everybody else was looking at Kingsbury for, was to be an OC, not to be a head coach? Yeah, he might have maybe been getting an interview with these NFL teams, but it wasn't stated, at least anywhere I saw that, the Jets wanted him for their head coaching position. It was a lot of people wanted him on the offensive side of the ball for the same thing we've been talking about, that young, innovative mind everybody wants to bring into the league. Um, I just, I don't know. Now, what if he brought somebody <laughs> like Vance Joseph in to be his defensive coordinator? Yeah. What? Yeah. I think that's a good that's move. Joseph. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Why are you crapping on that one? Because I think that Vance Joseph could be a very good defensive coordinator, and Arizona has some nice pieces on that side of the ball. But a head coach who did have head coaching experience at Texas Tech, but you're stepping to a much bigger stage into the NFL. I feel like when – that's just my own paranoid mind here. When you hire a guy who has head coaching experience, although it wasn't so good in Denver – that's like the guy who replaces you when the offense isn't humming. They just fired a coach after one season. And then the further with the Cardinals, here's what blows my mind. Bruce Arians decides, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to retire. As soon as that option year of his contract had expired, oh, I'm kind of interested in the Browns job and only that one. Boom. Now he's the Bucks head coach. I feel like there's something going on inside the Cardinals organization. And that's why I wonder like Mr. Brown said, it's either it's big time boomer buster this hire. Now with Bruce Arians, don't like ah, I can't believe he went to Tampa, but doesn't Tampa have to give up a draft pick or something? They are swapping I think Tampa's sending a sixth rounder to Arizona and getting a seventh back or something like that. There was some fancy language where his contract had maybe expired. They didn't pick up his option, but the NFL stepped in to uh, make it so that's not a precedent. Not any head coach can just say, I'm going to retire and take a year off and come back and pick a new team. Yeah, I mean, they said, they said he's still under his, uh, his rights, and they had to make uh, some kind of trade there to make it happen. So for me, uh, Arians going to Tampa Bay is probably the best move they could do as far as Tampa Bay goes, you know. He got a ton of experience. He's two-time coach of the year. I think that's the best they could have did. I mean, I know he's up there in age, and to figure out if Winston's the quarterback that they hope he is, which I don't think he is, but they're going to find out real quick. All right, so we're going. We got the old man who retired and then came back, and we were talking about Kingsbury. Uh, what about Matt LaFleur up there in, in Green Bay? He, he's a young guy, right? The offensive coordinator was with the Titans. I don't know a whole lot about him. Uh, offense coordinator for the Titans this year on an offense that wasn't very explosive. I know Mariota was in and out. But the only thing I have to say about him is I got a buddy who is a diehard Vikings fan. You know, you call him on Monday to make sure he's okay when they lose in week three of the season. And he loves the fact that the Packers hired this guy. So to me, that says that it's a chance that they waste the end of Aaron Rodgers' career. Well, I don't know, man. He was a offensive coordinator under Sean McVay for a year. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, that's what I was getting ready to say. Is he, he was he was under the tutelage of Sean McVay, and like McVay's what thirty two years old. He's too young to be having a coaching tree. <laughs> yeah, here we are. He's got two. He's got a coaching tree now, and that's I think it's, I think it's more the uh, the Kingsbury kind of thing. 
we're thinking like, can we, uh, you know, hit lightning in a bottle here and uh, see if he's the real deal. He's 39 years old as well. So another young guy. And uh, I was kind of shocked when Green Bay hired him, to be honest. I, I figured they would go for a bigger name. But I think they're just trying to uh, see what they can come up with the McVay uh, protege. Did the uh, Dolphins hire anybody yet? Uh, not to my oh. knowledge. To my knowledge, yeah. The Dolphins and uh, your Bengals have yet to make a decision on a head coach. Well, I was trying to ignore the Bengals, but I, I, I think the reason with Cincinnati is they really – I think they really want Eric Bieniemy. And, and they're waiting. Yeah, he's still they're still playing, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I, I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if they hire, like, Vance Joseph or somebody like that. It's not going to be Hugh Jackson, Mr. Brown. It'll be Hugh Jackson or Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. I will say Mike, this. Mike McCarthy came out today and said that he's not going to coach this year because he didn't get his dream job up in, in the uh, New York area with the Jets. Yeah, he says that and flexing, and then they go uh, another direction. So now he's probably going to change his tune. For me, I thought that Adam Gase was a good coach for three years in Miami and that he kind of got – railroaded a little bit out. I don't think that he deserved to be let go this year, but I was happy to have him out of the division because throughout his coaching history as an offensive coordinator and down into Miami, he's made good with lesser talent. Now he's going to be coaching Sam Darnold, who is an all-world talent. Uh, I think he's a good hire for the Jets. As a Patriots diehard, I don't like it because I feel like Gase is a good coach. Jets have Darnold in place, and they're like $90 million under the cap this offseason. I think he's excited because, like you said, they're under the cap so far, and got to look at it as far as the Patriots and say, you know, Brady can't play forever. So, I mean, maybe he's thinking that by me going to the Jets, you know, this division's wide open in a year or two. So, you know, anything's possible. Yeah, exactly that. Brady plays maybe one more year at the most, and – he has started to have some fall off. The Bills, who knows? They've been in the playoffs one time in 20 years. He just left the Dolphins. He knows they're dysfunctional. If he can win in New York, he doesn't even have to win a Super Bowl. If he's just a competitive uh, wild card division winning team, they love you. Well, you saw the uninspiring hire by the uh, Broncos, correct, Chad? Why Why? Why go uh, with – did they hire Van Gio or whatever his name is? They did. Big fan, you know, the uh, Bears defense, who's about 60. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, Vance Joseph was known as a defensive guy, too. I mean, defense wasn't their problem. You know, the one kind of interesting uh, angle on this is Vic Fangio becoming head coach there in Denver for the first time at advanced age. Mike Zimmer's had a pretty solid overall success in minnesota he was your d coordinator in cincinnati dallas before that he didn't get his first chance until he was like 55 or 56 and it was from a different perspective so i'd be interested to see who he hires as his offensive coordinator in denver because phil Lindsay looks like to be a good back for the future but i don't know what you have at wide receiver uh case keenum eh. I just that one was a real interesting hire to me. And what I wonder what you two think is if this coaching hire doesn't work out, uh, does it become kind of the end of the road for John Elway? Is there GM there? It's got to. I mean, for me, honestly, this is like the worst hire of all of them because, like, like you said, they already had Vance Joseph, a defensive guy. This is kind of more of the same, only the older version. I think he's got like 19 years as a coordinator, first head coaching gig. So we'll see what he can do. I mean, I mean, as a Raiders fan, obviously I hope he don't do much, but I don't really think he'll do much. And I think that the Kingsbury hire, I actually like it better than this one, to be honest. I agree. It's very 100%. lame. That's all I'm saying. Let, let me ask you this. This is, this is switching gears a little bit. How is it that Doug Marone didn't get fired in Jacksonville? I think it's because it was his second, only a second season there coming off of, you know, a few plays away from winning the AFC. 
they're going to give him next season. I think if they get off to a similar bad start next year, they're two and five or three and six, and it's that same somewhat level of dif- dysfunction, or maybe even before then, he gets let go. Yeah, I don't know how quarterback play alone didn't get him fired. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I, th- I, I, I don't know. I think it's a I mean, locker to me. Forget about quarterback play. He lost that locker room. No, he did. I mean, that whole thing fell apart. Now I was going to say, what about the biggest news of the day in Cleveland? What is uh, what is the big news in Cleveland? I missed that. You didn't see who the head coach is? Is it Marvin Lewis? It's Freddie Kitchens, man. Oh, they hired Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, they hired him today. Ah. What do you think on that one, Biggs? I'm a little up in the air on that one. I think that as your offensive coordinator, I love it because you look at the difference in Baker Mayfield's play and stats from the time he took over as head coach and they started running basically everything he wanted to on that side of the ball. And they were they were pretty good. They were like six and three or something like that down the stretch. Mayfield had really good numbers. Um, I'm just always a little skeptical on a guy that doesn't have any head coaching experience. He started the year as their quarterback's coach, so it's not as though he's been a coordinator for a few years on a little higher level. I think that on the offensive side of the ball, it was really good to retain him. I'm curious who they bring in to run the defense because you know that Kitchens is going to be calling the plays, focused almost completely on the offense. He needs somebody really solid to run the defense. And as soon as they announced him as the hire, they sent Gray Williams and his son packing. So do you know where uh, Freddie Kitchens got his first coaching job? Oh, you got me on this one. I was going to say, uh, all right. So you and me know. So let's see if Biggie knows. Oh, you're killing me. It is Glenville State. Running backs oh. and tight ends back in 99. Well, Freddie Kitchens is a Bruce Arians disciple. He's off of that coaching tree. He's worked under Saban, Parcells, Wizen Hunt, Arians, Hugh Jackson. And Greg Williams, those are who he's worked under. Yeah, Biggie, you touched on it in his eight games that he was uh, the offensive coordinator. Mayfield threw for 19 touchdowns, eight interceptions, okay? And correction, he was the uh, running backs coach, and then he got promoted to the offensive coordinator. But, uh, I mean, they promoted one of their own. I was kind of shocked they didn't have anything with Greg Williams, you know, involved, but. They did uh, interview. I mean, they did interview Greg Williams, though, right? I think I did see that. I mean, I just don't see how they, they can dismiss him from what he did because it's the winningest season in forever. You know what I think that they did there is that Greg Williams is a little longer in the tooth. They wanted somebody with an offensive mind. They felt comfortable with the, you know their franchise quarterback, so they interviewed. Greg Williams, but ultimately they decided, you know what, we can say Bounty Gates, the reason we didn't want him running our program. It gives you an out card for the guy who's won more games than you've won in three years combined, just about. Is Cleveland going to make the playoffs next year? Absolutely. Cleveland's going to win that division next year. They probably will. I think they will. They almost (laughs) did this year. Steelers are dysfunctional um sorry chad <laughs> since he eh. um the steelers and... are the kardashians of that division they that they Ooh. are yeah i'm gonna hold out i know one division jackson did well down the stretch is it 100 percent certain that john harbour is their coach next year because there are a couple coaching vacancies to be filled yet i'd say he stays okay I would think that you would want to retain him. It's just there's been a lot of back and forth on that. I, even if they retain him, I think it's between Baltimore and uh, Cleveland for the division, for sure. Yeah, you're you're probably 100% right about that. So, you know, my team's not going to be good, but I can still tell the Steeler fans out there they can suck it because their team's going to suck too. At least you all suck with less drama. That's not always the case, but I, at least it's – when it's our our drama in Cincinnati is always like the guys you're like why don't you just cut them with Pittsburgh it's like they're prima donna stars out there yeah yeah 
that's hitting the nail on the head with you. It's like, get rid of perfect. He's dirty. Or Pac-Man Jones in Pittsburgh. It's your all world wide receiver and your all world running back and your quarterback who never knows when to shut up. Is uh, Antonio Brown going to be a Steeler next year? I think so. I don't know how you can trade him. I think they trade him. So good. I think he gets traded. Uh, I don't know. What's his value? What what are you, what are you going to trade to get Antonio Brown? And he's what, 29, 30 years old? He's gotten paid. You know what they say. <laughs> when you get paid, it just makes you more of who you already are. So the stuff he's pulling ain't going to ain't going to change. It ain't going to get better. It's going to get worse. Well, there you have it. If you stuck around and heard all that, one of us is doing a polar plunge. We had an up and down show today. I'm not going to lie. It's not my proudest work, but you know what? Damn it. We're giving it our best and the NFL playoffs are here and it's enough for me to talk about. Anyway, Appreciate you guys listening. We're getting ready to launch a website, so stay tuned for further details there. Until then, keep giving us support. Give us the love everywhere you can on social media. Share with your friends. Get it out there. It is it is doing great wonders for us right now, and we really appreciate the support. And as always, stick around after the bump. You might get a special message. Depending if you're a certain listener, we got something for you, so pay attention. Have a good night, guys. Enjoy the playoffs. We'll talk next week. The random fan from Atlanta, if you want to be part of the We Don't Know Sports team, we'll give you a chance to be a contributor. you got to send us some type of article that you would like for us to post online, and we will we will judge it and review it and see how it does and, and come to a decision down the road. But it's, the, the ball's in your court.